Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey, it's Rocky Lalvani, the Profit Answer Man, sitting in for the amazing Josh Carey on the Hidden Entrepreneur Show today. Today, our guest is AJ Bishop. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Rocky. Ah, it's a pleasure. You've got an amazing backstory, and I think it would be helpful for the audience to hear that. Can you tell us about what it was like when you were growing up? Yeah, I I uh I come from humble beginnings. I was born and raised in Clinton, Utah, a very small town. And my mother was from Brazil, my father African American. So I grew up right beat in this idea of being different. But despite that, I yeah, I really excelled and you know, was a cheerleader, did the whole high school senior class president, and went off to college. I was one of the first generation college students. And so when I graduated from college, I wasn't quite sure what industry I wanted to go into. I had originally been a genetics major. I really enjoyed biology and science as well as mathematics. And at the time, I decided to go um, into my local bank because I had moved to a really small town and they were hiring. So I became an investment professional when I was 23 years old, Um, started off as a financial advisor and worked my way up to my final position as a managing director and executive vice president for some of the largest financial institutions in the world, such as JP Morgan, Wells Fargo Advisors. And one of the things that I just really um, enjoyed about that experience is learning how to be, right, how to be resilient in an industry where no one really looked like me. I always tell people that I feel like I was one of the only ones in the room And so I decided to launch my own company last year. I have a coaching and a consulting company. I'm the founder of My Wealth Conscious Coach and the CEO of Bishop Consulting Group. And we work specifically with women in male-dominated industries. And we help them take on their worth and their wealth and own it so that we can empower them to really up-level their game and bring right? Bring their whole selves to the, to work. So it's been quite the journey and I'm just I'm really excited and happy to be here today. So a couple times you said you were always different, right? You, you always had that. Was that a struggle for you or were you just comfortable with being different? I would say I always was aware of it. So it's not coincident that I decided to go out of state for college. So I went to Purdue University, which looking back, I have to laugh a little because I thought, oh, wow, I'm moving to such a big city. I'm going to such a big school. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Purdue is located in West Lafayette, Indiana. So not like a thriving metropolis of 
culture and history, but it, it is an international school. So I knew that going there, I would have the opportunity to interact with people who look like me or to interact with individuals that had had a similar history. And so, you know, I say it's always um, interesting that I put myself back in that same dynamic when I went into corporate America. Um, I think as most people and most audience listening, uh, the financial industry, the financial advisor industry in particular is probably about 12% women and then uh, 2 to 3% women of color. And so that's really where I would say that difference came up. I remember being in right, a very young leader and um, I, it's, I would work really hard and I would still show up knowing that I was qualified for the jobs, but it took a while for me to really gain my confidence and find my voice in that environment. And that's not easy to do, to gain confidence and to find your voice. What advice do you have for others who find themselves in that situation where they might be in a place where they're not in the majority and that people are very different than them? I would say it, it was a perspective shift I had to take on, right? I would say that I have always been an adaptable person. When most people are, you know, I've, I've lived in really small towns in America to very large cities like Los Angeles. And the one thing I had to gain awareness of is why was I feeling so different? Because at the end of the day, I, I would imagine everyone who shows up to a new scenario or new experience feels out of place. And so I really started to look at actually what do I have in common with these individuals and how can I be more connected to them in ways that don't make me feel like I'm outside of the loop. So it was really a mental shift, right? A mindset shift that I had to, to take time to develop, to be able to say, you know, we're actually more alike than we are different. And that's true. When you look at it as humans, the differences between us are minuscule. And yet we put so much emphasis on those slight differences. But at the end of the day, we're all human and we're more, much more alike than we are different. It take. I mean, for me, I would think it takes a lot of gumption to be able to do that because I know people struggle with that. Was there something in the back of your mind that was always kind of pushing you forward? Like, where did that courage come from to be able to step up and say, I'm going to continue? I think ultimately I wanted to inspire others. I wanted other women behind me, other women of color behind me to feel comfortable. And I knew that if I did not stay in that position, right, in that level of leadership, then other women would not be able to see that. And I think that seems so tim timely right now, right? Look at Kamala Harris. It's, it's now possible because other little girls can see it. And that's ultimately what drove me to stay in the role. There were definitely days, there were definitely weeks and months where I was like, why on earth am I still here? What am I doing this for? And I would always sit and reflect and remember that at one point I was that little girl who really wanted to have anything and everything I possibly could in the world. Because coming from a Brazilian mother, right? Her background is, you know, she has a second grade education and she saw the vision and the joy and the dreams of Americans. And so in a lot of ways, I would say it came from her at a very young age. I didn't even realize I was being exposed to it. 
but she's the one who basically said, I came to America to ensure that you and your sisters would have the best possible future. And a lot of me just wanted to ensure that I didn't let her down, right? Like that, that dream that she had had would continue. And that's true. Parents can definitely inspire us. And it's congratulations on continuing. You said once you see it's possible, then you know that 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 it's there. And, and it, it reminds me of the four-minute mile. Nobody thought they could beat the four-minute mile until one person did. And as soon as the one person did it, a flood of other people came afterwards. But it wasn't until they saw that it was possible. And that's a big part of what we're, we're doing here. We're showing people the possibilities of being an entrepreneur, of being able to, to do it on their own. So you started your business in the middle of COVID. You walked away from corporate America. Was that an easy choice for you? No, of course not. <laughs> no, I had dreamt of a, a, ne a next chapter. Um, obviously, having the blessings of being a financial advisor, being a financial planner, right? The future is always something I was looking towards. And I had told myself, by the age of 40 that I had wanted to leave. And last year, as that 40 was creeping up, I thought to myself, well, well am I prepared? Am I, am I really going to do this? And, you know, I'm grateful for COVID for multiple reasons. Obviously, it's been devastating to, right, my own family was impacted as well. But what COVID did for me was really allowed me the time to sit and get clear on what I wanted my life to look like and what my message and my purpose was. And I realized that as long as I stayed in corporate America, or as they like to say, as long as I was hiding in corporate America, I wouldn't be able to actually get out into the world and make an impact. And one of my core values is generosity. So I would you know, I, I found myself actually being more engaged with outside activities rather than doing my job. And I, the, the second core value I have is integrity. So I realized I'm not being a terrorist to my company. So it's time for me to actually go out and do my own thing. And, you know, I'll tell you, Rocky, there were sleepless nights, even though I was prepared financially, I had a plan in place. Um, there's those moments where, you know, my ego would kick in and say, well, no one knows who I am, right? I was a big deal all these years. And now no one has any clue who AJ Bishop is. And so it, again, it went back to mindset. Like I had to realize that no one was going to make it happen, right? If it was up, if it was meant to be, it was up to me. And so I had to take, you know, all of the gumption. I had to take all of my ego, put it aside and just show up every day. And um, I'm very grateful that there is a huge demand and need for the services that I provide. And so it's been a wild ride and, you know, my team continues to grow, but I'm, I'm so grateful I did it. But there's definitely still days where I have the moments where I'm wondering, right, I miss that. I miss the, that paycheck, right? I heard the other day someone say, there's a lot of things that people fear, and the second biggest one is losing their corporate paycheck. So I had to giggle a little bit about that because I can really resonate. And that's difficult. And the reality is the corporate paycheck is not in your control. 
It's in someone else's control. People think having a job is safe. It's not. You can get, and especially in today's world where COVID and and a million other things come along, companies just restructure and they let you go regardless of how good you are. They don't care. To, To them, you are essentially a widget in their process. And decisions are made six ranks uh, above you and they don't even know you exist. And so that is the thing. Well, you're in the right place because you were the hidden entrepreneur, right? You needed to get out and it took you a while. What advice do you have for others who want to get out and and let go of that corporate paycheck and, and start on your own? You at least know the finance part, which is, I think, that was the biggest shocking thing to me is how few business owners understand the business of business. Yeah, I, I would say there's probably two or three major ones and you just nailed it. It's having a plan and specifically having a financial plan. So knowing that, right, you're going to take this leap and all, all of us, all of us entrepreneurs, right, it, the biggest the biggest shift is realizing that it comes in ebbs and flows, right? So you don't have that consistent paycheck, if you will, to depend on every two weeks. And so the business comes in cycles. So ensuring that you have some form of a financial plan in place where, you know, you've either set aside money to start the business or you have a really strong dedication to putting any profits back in. And then I would say what was the most important piece was getting a community around me right? Entrepreneurship can be very lonely. And coming from corporate America, you're constantly surrounded by other people. You're constantly in meetings, right? You have individuals you can bounce ideas off of and entrepreneurship can be really lonely. So I first went and founded, um, excuse me, I found other individuals who were entrepreneurs. I got involved in different networking groups and realized like, I don't have to do this all by myself and I don't have to reinvent the wheel. And so I would say those are the two things is to have a plan and build a community around you. And I think that's a lot of people don't always plan and they don't plan accurately. Like they think that their business is going to take off tomorrow morning. It's not, you know, it, it, I tell people it takes, three years to build a business. And that means that you have to look at your personal finances and say, hey, if I don't make a single penny, can I survive for three years? And how am I going to be able to do that? So that might be working off of another spouse. It might be savings. It might be cutting your expenses. There's a million ways to do that. But be prepared for that three-year journey. And in the beginning, You've got to build the strong financial foundation within your business and build it correctly or you will struggle. I can't tell you how many seven-figure business owners I know who still, even though they're bringing in all that revenue, are struggling to pay themselves and struggling to take a profit. And so it's important that you figure out these systems and you put them in place. So you talked about building this network of people to to work with. That's a whole nother skill, especially for people in corporate. You know, when, when you get a job, you automatically get the network, right? Um, you walk in and all of these people are there to help you. In this case, you had to build your own. What advice do you have for people who don't have a network and need to build one for themselves? I think the most important thing to remember is that someone is most likely built it before you and don't be afraid to go and ask them for support. 
So I actually looked around and found other women doing exactly what I would do. And most people would say, that's crazy. They're your competition. But the reality is, is there's more than enough business out there. And the way that they were doing it was not exactly the way that I do it. And so I found a lot of women who were, you know, three, five, 10 years ahead of me so that I could surround myself with and just ask, right, what, what worked for you? What hasn't worked for you? And are you willing to, you know, spend some time with me, whether that's once a month or once a quarter and just sharing best practices and ideas, because it's, it's not a bad thing to ask for support and it's not a bad thing to ask for help. I think that's the number one thing I had to learn very quickly as an entrepreneur was that I can't do it all by myself, right? Even though it's my company, if you will, I, I can't do it all by myself. And so if you can't hire people right away, you need to surround yourself with individuals who can support you, especially on those days where you want to quit right? I, I, there's those days where you're just like, I don't want to get up. And guess what? Nobody's going to tell you to get up because you don't have the boss. You don't have the team. You don't have the individuals who were relying on you. So ensuring that you are looking for people that you inspire or excuse me, aspire towards or that you, you know, you really admire and asking them for support and entrepreneurs are extremely generous with their time you know, at first I was like, why would they want to spend this time with me? And the reality is, is, you know, as you give more, you get more. And it's true. And as you mentioned, entrepreneurship is lonely. And so they're also lonely. So they too are looking for people to meet and to talk to. And it's important for them as well. And the reality is life is full of mistakes. You can either make them yourself or you can learn from somebody else's. I prefer to learn from other people's mistakes so that I don't have to go through the struggle myself. And the reality is, is every new business owner makes the same mistakes invariably. Like there's probably a top 10 list of business mistakes. And there's all of these, oh, I wish I had known X. And everybody says those same exact things. So it's always best to go and talk to people. And one of the things that you have to realize in networking, the, the purpose of networking is not to get, it's to give. So you've got to have that right mindset of going out and serving other business owners and giving and helping and bringing connections together. And you're right. There is more than enough business for all of us. Those business owners that have that scarcity mindset are always going to struggle. In my business, I have I have people who do the exact same thing as I do come on my podcast and I promote them because I know that not everyone's going to want to work with me. They might want to work with my guest and that's perfectly fine because my guest also goes, you know, sometimes I get a client that I don't want to work with. They're not in my sphere. Now I'm going to hand them over to you. And so it becomes a give and take. But when you have that abundance mindset, it 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 just grows and, and it it's perfect. So how do you deal with the struggle? It's it's the morning and you don't want to get up and business is beating you down. How do you how do you overcome that? Yeah, I would say that I I would consist I've consistently created a morning routine. You know, I remember having those moments in corporate America where I was like, if I just ran my own business, I would be doing X or Y. 
And so when I transitioned, I realized, okay, now here's my chance, right? I need to stop complaining about the fact that I don't have the time and actually do it. And so I read a fantastic book. It's called The 5 a.m. Club. And it's something I really have implemented into my daily practice. And it has made a tremendous difference. And in short, it's a routine where you spend 20 minutes being active. You spend 20 minutes being um, in goal planning or goal setting mode. And then you spend 20 minutes in some form of a meditation. And I find the days that I don't do that practice, I am just not the nicest person in the room, right? I want to spend a little bit too much time, right? Doing the activities that don't produce anything versus when I'm really clear at starting my day and getting those practices in. So, you know, I'm a yoga teacher on the site as well. So I enjoy practicing or going to a class. Obviously with COVID, it's all virtual right now, but ensuring that you have the right mindset. Like I know we keep using that word, but mindset makes the difference when you're an entrepreneur and you have to get out of your own way to be successful. And that you you do. I, it comes back to the serenity prayer, right? Being able to control the things you can control, letting go of the things you can't control and being smart enough to know the difference. <laughs> and and that's a it's a constant reminder for me. So tell us a little bit about your business. What are you doing now? Well, I'm the founder of My Wealth Conscious Coach, and our mission is to empower women to have financial transformation. And I know that's a big promise, but at the end of the day, we are committed to women really having the confidence and understanding their financials so that they can live right their best lives like everyone else. And so we tend to run into women who work in male-dominated industries similar to me, and they have right they have everything together they're successful women but it's just that one thing of money that seems to be where they haven't taken the time and the energy to spend their resources and so i work my team and i work with women from all walks of life whether they're just brand new right entrepreneurs to corporate professionals and we love that we work in community so going back to that idea of finding others uh, we do our work through small groups of community and the results are you know, they're profound. And then on the other side, I also run a consulting business where I work with women, again, in male-dominated industries to ensure that they feel um, confident in terms of their worth. So I would say the three pillars I work with are women, wealth, and worth. And, you know, I, I'm a strong believer that every woman has the opportunity to be as successful as they can. And most of the time, it's their own mindset that keeps them from doing that. So very true. And I, I think a lot of people tie their net worth to their self-worth and that connection is not there. And unfortunately, we go to school to get a job and yet they don't teach us about money and how to do that. I have a Bachelor of Science in Economics. I have an MBA. Neither of those schools taught me how to build wealth how to run a business, and how to be financially successful. So how, transformation's a big word, and that's what we're all seeking. How do you help them transform? How do you bring about the transformation? Well, I would say it all starts with awareness. So a big piece of, you just hit the nail on the head, this idea around worth. It comes up a lot, especially with women not having enough, not being enough, being concerned, right? Not looking good. And at the end of the day, it all started somewhere outside of her. 
And so the transformation starts with getting really close and intimate with where did these stories begin? Where did this belief begin? Where did this attitude begin? And I'll share personally, my own self-doubt, my own lack of self-worth when I was younger was created for me by my mother, right? She, her story is that she's not smart enough or that she didn't get enough education. And so growing up in that environment, right, her being my sole, um, my sole individual that I would go to for self-confidence and her confidence not being at a level, it was, it was reinforcing, right, the side of me that didn't feel comfortable, or didn't feel confident. And even though I had all the accolades, I had all the degrees, I had all the experience. And so I work with women and we really get deep and personal in terms of where, where did these stories get created? And we not only talk about it, but we share, right? I think the biggest piece of transformation is the ability to see yourself through others. And so that's why we have these communities that we've built so that Women can see that they're not alone and that there's more in them that they can identify with others. And so from there, we, you know, we really build out what I call inspired action, right? Because we can sit and think about the woulda, coulda, shouldas and how things were, but until we're prepared and feel equipped to move forward, and that comes from a place of what I call leadership from the inside out, right? Like it what I'm basically cultivating inner leadership so that women can feel transformed when they come out, right? Like I wouldn't say that, right, they're, they're experiencing million dollar lottery winnings by all means, but they're having small shifts that are gaining their self-respect, gaining their confidence so that they walk away feeling like they're new people. And every time I'm in a cohort of these women, I get inspired, right? Like candidly, I learn so much from these women as well too. And so then it allows me to go then back to the next group and bring my next Bex game. So that's, that's why I love the game of transportation, excuse me, transportation, transformation, because it is transporting, right? But I love this, this idea of transformation where every time I am working with women in this, in this capacity, I actually get up-leveled too. And I think you made a couple of very important points. The, the one you talked about is small shifts. And I remember talking to someone who was well ahead of me on a particular thing. I go, well, how do I get from here to there? And he's like, you don't. He goes, you get from where you are to the next step. And you have to keep taking those small shifts and those small steps. You can't go from where you are to the finish line. It doesn't work that way. And yet that's what everybody wants. They want overnight success. But overnight success is not possible. It's, it's false. And when you see overnight success, there's usually 10 years of a hidden story behind it that you've never been told until you actually search and see. There's a lot of work that went behind it. And that comes back to the financial th of small steps lead to compounding. And compounding over time is how you build wealth and it's how you, you fix yourself. And then the other thing that I think is so important, and I think this is one that everyone just needs to, to write down and, and just every day look at this. So there's there's someone called Marissa Peer. Um, she's got a YouTube video out. It's called I Am Enough. 
And literally, she is a coach who helps people, and she even helps them with their money stories. And it's it's all about I am enough. And she has them write it on their their bathroom mirror. She has them put it in their calendar. So you know, every couple of times a day, you just get that simple thing of saying I am enough. And that mindset shift really is freeing. Love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I would say that wealth equals worth. And if you do not feel like you're worthy or that you have enough or that you are enough, you will not experience wealth. And what is found through every experience I've had with wealthy individuals is that money is not the only thing that is truly determining whether you feel wealthy or not, right? We've all heard the adage, right? Money cannot buy happiness. And it's very true. Wealth comes from experiences. It comes from whether or not you feel healthy, whether or not you feel fulfilled. And so by closing that gap, right? Like what you were speaking to is those baby steps, right? That closable gap is really where the the sweet sauce is, right? Rather than being like, I wish I was X, you know, 10, 15 miles down the road. If you can just take that next step, and stand in what I like to call the resistance of that, right? So clearly all of us have gotten to where we are because we're in a way comfortable with it. And so my role when I work with individuals is to disrupt their comfort zone. And so it's, uh, I call it sometimes like I'm a little Jedi ninja, but where I love to play and where I love to work with individuals is in that resistance because when they can see the resistance is just that rather than it being a part of them, right? Like, I'm just not good enough to do that. Well, actually, no, it's just a learning edge or it's a resistance that you're experiencing. And so then being able to actually accomplish that one step is really where my joy exists and where I love and the transformation really starts. So I use a three, three letter word to handle that. And it's super powerful. I don't know how to do that yet. And, and the word yet makes everything, it makes the impossible possible. And as you said, it's, it's getting those small wins gets you through the day for stepping up tomorrow and, and getting another small win and taking the next step. And that's what it's all about. And then building your community around you to support you, which you talked about and enjoying the journey because life happens in the journey. It's not a destination, right? Happiness is not a destination. Happiness has to be done in the moment. If people would like to learn more about your programs and what you do, or if there's a, a particular woman who who's inspired by your story and wants to connect, what's the best way for people to find you? The best way to find us is at mywealthconsciouscoach.com. We're constantly in a generous mode. We're constantly doing different events, uh, depending on when this is aired. We we just we love to create new experiences for women and have them have a transformative experience. For some people, right, transformation may be something you've never experienced. And I just invite you to come and check it out because we're constantly wanting to bring more and more to the world. Because at the end of the day, as you just stated, the, the biggest gift that we can all give is to be able to have the ability to impact someone's life. And so we really value our community 
We have a lot of fun and we do it in a way that creates a strong lasting bond, not only to the individual self, but to a community. And so mywealthconscious.com, we're also on Instagram, uh, find us there and yeah, say hi, uh, would love to, would love to meet you all. And if you're struggling with money, I highly suggest you do something about it. Because if you don't, you will continue to struggle with money. And that is one of the top stressors out there. So take action. Money is actually not that hard once you understand the simple principles and you start taking steps towards it. So check out AJ's work and check out her website. Fix your money story and get out of the fear and hiding and just take action today. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Rocky. Had so much fun. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time.